following is a GNC podcast production. Everybody and welcome back to Geek Addicts, the pop culture podcast. Um, I don't know how to start this show, so I'm just winging it again. I'm Bill, and this is Matt. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, doing all right. Just tired. Finally on vacation, so there you go. that's good. Um, yeah, maybe one of these days I'll figure out how to start one of these. Yeah, I think you're doing all right. Uh, the best was when I ended 3DO like earlier this week, and I did the GNC ending, and I was like. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just keep it. I'll just keep it. That's really funny. Yeah, it's, it's been one of those, one of those weeks. It's been a just crazy month, mm. dealing with all the last minute Christmas shoppers and all the making sure out there. Yeah, making sure I got all my uh, gifts all put together. I got to do that um tomorrow because my plans for tomorrow are. We got two more days before Christmas. I'm gonna literally do nothing tomorrow, but wrap like get presents ready, relax. I might go out for a coffee and to get gas. That's probably all I'm doing on uh, tomorrow. Yeah, we gotta do a little bit of last minute shopping, and then we gotta try to get like the vast majority of stuff that we need to get done for Christmas tomorrow because uh, on Christmas Eve we have like a breakfast thing at my aunt's house, and then. After that, my son gets home like pretty early in the afternoon that day. So we got to yeah. make sure that we get get all our ducks in a row ahead of time. Yeah, it's that busy time of the year. Yeah. It's both a great time of the year, but also like one of the most stressful, annoying times of the year. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, though, nothing too crazy is going on. Just the, it was utterly like laughable, just like how nothing like i was at work today for like six hours and legit nothing important got done today yeah i get that like i spent most of my day just sitting at my desk doing like busy work just trying to look busy because i didn't feel like doing anything else i spent half the day sanding plates (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man but yeah thankfully thankfully we should be on a pretty easy stretch now the rest of the year and then we can start 2024 and see if it's any better i doubt it but yeah well it seems like everyone says that every year and then we end up wishing for a better year at the end of it anyway (laughs) it it seems like since like 2012 it seems like every year is literally like this is our year it's like (laughs) this year sucked (laughs) can't wait for next year that'd be about right that's the year i graduated so I was a senior still that year. I had senioritis so bad in high school, it wasn't even funny. I, I bet. I had senioritis as a junior. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was done with high school like halfway through my junior year. I get that. And I never looked back. I think I remember like five people from high school. 
I, I remember like people from high school, but like I have no desire to go back to that life. Oh God, no. And like, there's just some random names that float around in my head. And I'm like, wait, who was that? <laughs> you know, sometimes you'll get like, you'll get like a person, you'll see like people on like Facebook or something that you're like, oh, I haven't talked to them in over a decade. I wonder how they're doing, but you're not going to actually reach out because you really don't care that much. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. Apparently we're supposed to have a five-year reunion, even though we're bordering on seven years now because scheduling <laughs> and stuff, but I'm I sure don't know. COVID played a part. Yeah, that, that that's true. COVID kind of screwed up a lot of stuff there for a couple of years. See, I just don't get the point of five-year reunions. Like I, I maybe like you know, back in the day before the internet, it made sense to do stuff like that, but like you know, in the age of social media and all that, like there's really no point, like maybe like a, a 10 or even a 20 year reunion would make sense, but everyone's now it's just, now it's just an excuse to drink. Yeah. That's everyone you care about, you're already on Facebook with, so, or whatever social media platform you use. So there's really no need to have a reunion. I mean, some people like to go to those things just to like gloat at how successful they are. So yeah, well, I mean, people like that don't look, don't need an excuse to gloat. I know, but they like to do it in front of people. <laughs> yep. But anyways, so today's episode is actually, it was kind of impromptu because of um, this week was kind of a scheduling hell and it made um, the our original idea kind of not viable at the moment. So we decided we're going to do a follow-up to I think it's like two episodes ago now. Uh, Something like that. Uh, when we talked about the Scott Pilgrim franchise, at the time of that recording, I had not seen the anime adaption. Well, since then, I have finally gotten around to watching it, and mm -hmm. I figured, well, it's fresh in my head. We might as well talk about it. And I, it being our last-minute decision, rewatched the show again today. <laughs> It's an it's a quick watch. It goes by really fast. I finished it in a day, so. Yeah, well, I mean, I this is probably the third watch I've had in the past month. I think it's only been out for like a month, so that, yeah. Yeah, it it hasn't been long. I honestly should have watched it the during the previous episode. I just didn't. Scheduling's a, a crazy thing sometimes. Yeah, it um, But yeah, like th this anime came out of nowhere shocked everybody and i'm still processing it to this day like at this point <laughs> yeah not in a bad way just in a like curious way i guess you could say I, I don't even know if i knew it was coming up like so i knew an anime was in the works for a while like because i don't uh, like brian lee o'malley the author of the series he had mentioned it like previous that he was trying to get something developed Mm -hmm. But it was always kind of just a thing that kind of happened, but you never really, nothing ever came of it. And then last year, it finally gets announced. And from what I've heard, the big holdup with making the proper announcement was they wanted to get all the voice actors confirmed before they said anything. Because mm -hmm. apparently, because we mentioned it in the previous episode, but literally almost all of the voice cast from the film adaption reprised their roles for this anime. There was a few exceptions here and there just for logistical reasons, but um, 
they everyone reprised their roles and i believe like edgar wright said in an interview that like pretty much everybody said yes almost immediately but there was so much like legal red tape mumbo jumbo they had to jump through that it took so long to actually get everything confirmed before they could officially announce it that's about right do you know if um do you know if bill Hader was the narrator again um i'm not sure it sounded similar i tried looking it up earlier but i it's also like such a small role that i don't even know if he would be credited because i mean the narrator didn't really have much to say in the series yeah he's not listed on the um he's not really listed on the uh any of the credits so i'm not exactly sure yeah it's kind of unclear um what's interesting is though um when this the movie first came out a lot of the actors in it they were well known but most of them were kind of like this is before they got super big yeah like chris evans in particular like he wasn't really i think this this the film actually predates captain of the first captain america yeah i think by like a year maybe two yeah like there was because there was a ton of actors in this film film that were known but like none of them were huge yet i think the biggest actor at the time was probably michael Sarah, and even he only had like what like the two major roles that he had done before that yeah and honestly that actually hurt him more at the time because he was so typecast into that style of role at the time yeah um yeah but it was like interesting like how i think anna kendrick might have been the biggest actor at the time i don't know i really don't know i think i know she got much bigger after along with like brie larson and a whole bunch of them yeah um but going back before we get into the actual anime itself going back a little bit um this is interesting because despite some common misconceptions this is actually an anime it's not a anime styled western project like it was developed by an actual japanese studio had a japanese director like the full-on the full-on yeah. like uh japanese uh crew so it is officially an anime it's kind of like the ruby anime like it's made by a japanese yeah. studio and everything it's just based off a western property yeah well that's why i don't know why a lot of people get confused about that all you gotta do is listen to the opening theme song and you're like okay this is an anime I mean, yeah. I, I understand to the to the level of like the animation style doesn't look anime. It definitely looks like a Western cartoon, but I mean, they kind of did that on purpose because that's the way the, the comic looks. So yeah, but I mean, even the comics have always had an anime esque look to them. Mm. But like, because it's like you'll get confusing ones. Like the Castlevania animated series is technically a Western animation, um, despite it looking exactly like an anime. I didn't even know that. It was made by the same studio that did the Fairly Odd Parents, believe it or not. That's hilarious. But it's like <laughs> it's, it looks super anime. Isn't that like um, super dark? Yeah, it's pretty dark. <laughs> That's wicked funny. Uh, so another fun thing about this anime adaption is at when it was first announced, they did some massive trolling on a, on a, their part. Like Brian Lee O'Malley in particular made many claims that this was going to be a faithful adaption of the the book series into anime <laughs> like he said this on multiple live streams because i believe the goal was they wanted the twist 
that so just for forewarning this spoiler wall like up now <laughs> you haven't seen the series turn back it will get to you can come back after you watch it yeah um but yeah i think the whole thing is they were trying to lead people on like to, into thinking expecting this like true to text uh adaption for the most part and for the it's funny because for the most part episode one is pretty spot on yeah until the end <laughs> yeah no kidding i'm curious uh, what your reaction was when that happened so watching it i was kind of like going th so going through the entire thing i noticed like a few it was pretty note for note the same as the the books there was a few little minor things they um they cut out like um they changed ramona's job to be a netflix delivery girl as an obvious joke on the fact that uh, it's on netflix yeah um they also changed a few jokes like the, the sonic joke uh when scott talks to ramona at mm -hmm. the party um and then the other thing i noticed is there was a few cut scenes like there was um the scene of scott talking to his uh younger sister uh stacy um on the phone where she criticizes him for dating a high schooler that's not present yeah it seems like they they kind of skipped around a lot of the early stuff that was in the comics and the movie it's like yeah, they, kind it of just, they kept in like the bare bones just to kind of like yeah like you're saying kind of trick you into thinking it's going to be the same yeah just a more streamlined kind of adaption mm -hmm. uh because another scene is uh when they're at the uh, the, the nightclub for sex of the bombs a big uh, gig um there's a subplot that was completely removed for this and i think it's removed for the movie as well because it's really just a joke it's it's a wallace joke more than anything where wallace steals uh stacy's boyfriend <laughs> oh yeah no that that was in the movie was it in okay i i forget i know it wasn't here and it was in the game too which makes it even funnier yeah i know <laughs> that they uh they caused that that joke app i think that's a running gag i think in the books is that wallace steals stacy's boyfriends all the time yeah because i think in the movie she was like not again wallace yeah <laughs> which is really funny uh they cut that out of here though because it really isn't important to anything right um plus wallace gets plenty of chance to shine anyway yeah, Wallace honestly gets more attention here than he does in the movie or books. Uh, and uh, Kieran Culkin gets a lot of uh, work this time around. No kidding. So the big difference is, so they actually do this cool scene where they introduce the uh, the League of Evil Exes, which was completely original. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. They're going to expand on them a little bit, which I was both right and wrong at the same time by making that assumption. Yeah. So it happens about the same. Sex Bomb's about to start playing, and then... Uh, Matthew Patel shows up to fight Scott and then literally goes in for the first punch and there's a, a brief cut. And then the next thing you see is just money falls to the ground. It's like Matthew Patel won. Scott's dead. What? <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's, it's such a dramatic end to the episode and it literally just goes with like, it literally just cuts there and it goes to credits and you're like, what? <laughs> and I love in that scene how like, it's going through all the characters where it does that, that like super anime thing where it like flashes to each person individually and they're all gasping. And then it goes to uh what's her name? Julie. And she's just like, <laughs> yeah, well, it, that also is in hindsight, it's supposed to tip you off into thinking maybe something's going on. Cause this show likes to really mess with your expectations a bit. See, I didn't get that at all because 
at this point, you know, I've read the comics, I've watched the movie, and like, I, I know Julie hates his guts, so I just figured it was like a, ha you're dead. Like, well, we'll get into it later, but like, there's some scenes later on that makes you wonder, like, there's obviously more to this than meets the eye. Yeah. But, um, episode two, I thought was the most interesting episode because this is where shit, like, so from here on out, completely different story, like, Mm-hmm. nothing's the same anymore it's it's literally the best way to describe it is it's literally an alternate universe where scott died and like everything changed from that yeah it's like um, a weird like like i like i tried to explain it to you it's like a sequel but also a, like an alternate universe version of the story like it's it's a really complicated kind of yeah it's basically like you change one event and it changes everything mm-hmm and what's funny is so the whole uh funeral for scott goes on which is really hilarious how no one really seems that upset he's dead right except for knives but she gets over it pretty quick yeah knives gets over scott's death very quick um (laughs) even in during the funeral because of course uh envy adams shows up scott's ex as the text says the big one yeah um (laughs) And she literally hijacks the funeral to perform a concert. And then she leaves and literally everyone just ditches the funeral. Yeah, I think Ramona is the only one left after that. Yeah, which which kind of leaves this speculation that even Stacy and the parents ditched to go see Envy. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, even even Stephen Stills and uh, him, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, that's wild. But, um... Yeah, so we go, th- we have that whole scene, but then we cut to the evil, the League of Evil Exes, where they've all assembled together and they make a big point of like Gideon's basically like, I didn't call you guys here. I don't know what's going on. And it's revealed that Matthew Patel is the one that arranged this, which this is interesting to me just from the fact that Matthew Patel is like the most like whatever of the like the original like seven exes. Mm hmm. Like he, because he literally shows up in the comics, gets defeated like in three seconds, and then he's just gone the rest of the story. Yeah. Um, and I think the cool thing was this actually gave um uh, his actor. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this because he's got a um. His name's a bit hard to pronounce. It's a uh, Satya Baba. I think his name is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a difficult name. It's like um, it's like one of those hard to say names, like Aziz Azari. I only know his yeah. name because I I've watched a, a number of things he's in. Yeah. So apology, the police are coming for us. Um, uh, oh lord, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the weekend before Christmas, so craziness is going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so apologies for mis probably mispronouncing his name, but. He is one of the better actors in the original film. Like he completely steals that role. Oh yeah, and he he's gone in three seconds. Like he legit has no t- screen time at all. Um, mm. so for this, he gets to straight up like steal the show because one of the key things that like it, it actually reveals how dumb the X's plan kind of was, where like he wins the fight and like he thinks, oh, this means I win back Ramona, and she she doesn't give a shit. She's like, no. Right. He just moves on and he's like, What? I don't win. 
So then he, they all call out Gideon for this, and Gideon's like, well, of course not. It was supposed to be so I would win in the end. You guys are just my pawns. And then you get this whole, like, fight scene where Matthew Patel challenges Gideon basically for everything. Mm-hmm. And, and Gideon thinks that he's a surefire win, so he, he bets legit everything in his empire to Matthew Patel if he if he loses. And it's actually a pretty good fight, like, because the whole time you think Gideon's going to wipe the floor with him, but he actually, like, ends up defeating him. And it's like, oh, so the big bad is immediately taken care of, and now we're completely in a new territory from here. Yeah, it's completely defeated by, like, who is supposed to be the small fry. Yeah, by by the... Well, because he, he later re- reveals that defeating Scott gave him the uh, the willpower to actually overthrow Gideon. Yeah. And it's hilarious because, like, at that point, all the uh, the exes basically just like ditch, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever, we're gone." And it's Gideon's basically in ruin. Like at this point, he's got nothing left. And from there, then we get this kind of like we cut to Ramona's having a dream, and she's in the subspace highway, and she can hear Scott, which implies that he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Which I which I kind of saw coming because there's no way they'd kill the main character off in his own series. True, but in a lot of ways, I feel like this is like Ramona is more the main character in this one, and that's kind of a big reason why I like it is because it really, really puts a lot of focus on her and like. Because well, one of the things that I notice is in the comics and in, in the movie, it, it's kind of like, yeah, the whole thing is to scott trying to beat all the exes to win over ramona but also at the same time he's kind of getting closure with all of his exes and stuff and in, in this version of the story it's the other way around is a ramona getting closure with all her exes which is hmm. kind of cool what's interesting too is um what do you think of all the performances from the uh, the returning actors um some of them i liked more in this and some of them i like the movies more um and it's not even necessarily the performances that made me like this less than the movie. I think part of it, like for, for instance, um, specifically Kieran Culkin, I personally liked him more in the movie, but that's just because I feel like he's also a very, um, a very like, like physical actor, if that makes sense. Like, yes, like he has a lot of like, um, like movements and motions that go with his acting style and stuff. And I just feel like, I mean, he did a great job. Don't get me wrong. I just, I like him as Wallace better in live action. Mm. Um, but then there was people like, like, honestly, I liked um, Lucas Lee a lot more in this. In this <laughs> Chris, Chris Evans is just a dork the entire thing. Time. It's great. I love his whole uh, episode four. His whole episode is one of my favorites. Um, another one that I really liked is actually the main characters. Michael Sarah in the Michael Sarah was good in the movie, but I think he played a little bit too much into the awkward side of Scott and not so much the comic persona, which was more of a goofball. Oh, he's a super goofball in this one. Yeah, like I think they nailed his uh, characterization down like much better. Also, uh, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead as Ramona, like she was okay in the movie, but like. She, She's kind of just there. Uh, She was much better in the animated series by far. Agreed. She had so much personality. I think this is the most likable version of Ramona. Um, You might have to read the comics again because she is very... 
So once you like read the comics once, it's it's actually really good to read them again, because then mm -hmm. you'll get a better understanding for a lot of things. And Ramona is actually very deep in the comics. Yeah, this is actually I think the perfect version of her because it combines the best elements from both. Mm -hmm. Um, another one that was really good. I really enjoyed a. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I enjoyed most of the characters. I really liked um, Mark Weber as uh, Stephen Stills. Yeah, just he's uh, great. Another bizarre version of Stephen Stills that's not like the comics, by the way. Mm -hmm. Well, he's like the comics, but he's also not. Because um, the entire subplot of him coming out is completely removed. Again. But I think I, I actually read a theory on this, and it actually kind of made sense. The reason why it he is it doesn't come out in the, the anime this is completely a fan theory. It's not confirmed, but like in the anime, he's already broken up with Julie because they had gotten back together in the comics after the first volume at some point. Mm -hmm. They never get back together in this. And because of that, she doesn't make him so miserable. He goes gay this time around. Because <laughs> that's kind of like the running joke. She's such an awful bitch that like it just makes him, <laughs> he just goes gay at the end of the episode. That's at least the theory anyways, but yeah. If anything, he's more like just into the music this time around. For sure. One of my favorite scenes with him in this version was when um when Knives first started messing around on the bass and he just like panics and like, I don't like change, and he just dips. <laughs> he just goes out the window. <laughs> That's a great scene too, is the whole knives look. So knives actually I think has like one of the best character rerailments in this uh, anime. For sure. Where, um, because she did a, the actor, um, Ellen Wong, she did a very good job in, um, the movie. Like, she definitely cared. Knives' characterization in the movie was a little weird. Like, yeah. they just didn't have it down right. Uh, in this, they got it, like, perfect, but also, like, they kind of addressed a lot of the problems with her character in the, in the comics. Mm -hmm. And they actually made her basically, like, do something, like, relevant. And what that was, was she basically, joins uh, sex bomb during Scott's absence and like she they find out she's kind of like a musical prodigy yeah right she she learns bass and piano within a span of hours I love the bass one because it's like her and a uh, Kim will jam like on the bass and drums for like for a, it what appears to be like like 10 minutes but then it cuts to like uh Kim being like how long have you been playing the bass and she's like what time did we start practicing and it's like, oh, four hours. And Kim's like, I'm late for work. And just immediately leaves. <laughs> and then we cut to uh, the movie store. Because th at this point, Ramona knows he's alive. And she's going on this, like, journey to, like, try and figure out what happened. Basically, she goes to the, um, back to the, the nightclub. And she pays off the janitor to see the security footage. Mm -hmm. Which reveals that he wasn't killed. He was kidnapped, basically. By someone using a vegan portal. Yeah, because vegans are just have, are, have superpowers in this universe. Don't question it. Yeah, um, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, but during that, she's going across like all these different people, and she's talking to. She first talks to Julie to get information, which is one of my favorite scenes because like they really played up how much Julie just swears all the time in this like, anime. Yeah, I loved in that scene too how like Stacy's just back at work, just doing her normal thing. Like your brother died like yesterday. That's <laughs> you, actually she's just, she's just chilling at work, like goofing around. 
That's one of my favorite lines in the entire fucking anime is uh, Julie keeps swearing. And then Stacy's like, Julie, we have fucking customers. <laughs> Stop swearing or something like that. For real. Speaking of characters that uh, characters in this stuff, freaking uh, Stacy gets like no screen time in this at all. Yeah. You, you know, they go all through all the trouble to get Anna Kendrick and she's like, she's, barely got, in it. she's got like 10 minutes of like work in this entire thing. For real. Which is kind of a bummer, but whatever. She's not yeah. really important to anything relevantly, relevantly. Yeah. And since they didn't put a whole lot of attention on the whole Scott dating, dating a 17-year-old thing, like that was kind of like her biggest role in the movie, at least, was just giving him shit for that. Yeah, most of her appearances in the comics, too, were just messing with Scott or being like a background character. Yeah. Apparently, Brian Lee O'Malley doesn't... if. He said in an interview that if he could remove any character from the series, it would probably be Stacy. That makes sense. Well, a lot of it has to do with apparently this the storyline is based off of um is very very loosely based off of his his own life. Mm-hmm. And uh Stacy apparently is based off of his actual sister who was also named Stacy, and he was like yeah, I think I could have been a little more creative there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so she's barely in it. But going back to, like, the subplot, so we then get to, to the, the overarching plot of this anime is basically the exes all get redemption arcs. And Ramona basically, like, basically ties up all the loose ends she had with pretty much all the exes. Which is interesting. Yeah, and like throughout the course of all of it, she kind of like uh, learns a lot more about herself and like what she wants out of life and stuff, which is really cool. Like the way that it ends with Ramona is just wild. Yeah, well, like my favorite, um, the first like ex that really gets screen time is uh, uh, Roxy, and um, we actually get backstory for Roxy, which wasn't really a thing in anything, right. Like, they kind of just made more the joke of Ramona having a sexy face than actual any real meaningful relationship there. And what I find interesting is, like, this whole scene is great because it's an entire fight that goes down in the uh, the movie store, which they actually make a joke about how, like, Netflix is killing movie stores. Yeah. And then like, it was the, the fight scene itself was crazy, too, because, like, I don't even, I mean, obviously the whole, like, subspace highway, all that crazy shit, so, like, I guess I can't be too surprised, but they were like fighting in and out of movies. Well, my favorite too is like the fight starts breaking out, and uh, uh, Kim's coworker uh, Holly's just like, "Fuck this! I'm taking my 15 and just leaves." Yeah, she's like, "You ruined my movie." <laughs> well, because there's a point where like they're in the movie, and uh, Kim Kim pauses the movie and rewinds it, and Roxy pops on. She's like, "Stop that now." <laughs> um. Was a big truck. <laughs> um so yeah they have um the whole fight going on and they literally destroy this like video store yeah the place gets like an island <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah the place gets annihilated but then they have this big like they when they finally tire themselves out they have this like big discussion basically being like yeah we made poor decisions <laughs> which is great yeah and then they just make up and basically it, it he it, it 
the whole thing is basically uh busy today. Um yeah. the whole thing is it's basically the, place. <laughs> the whole thing is basically just Ramona trying to confirm whether or not they were they would be like players in Scott's disappearance. Right. And she's kind of just going through her whole list to see, you know, who's behind it all. And what's funny is at this point in the series, Scott and Ramona aren't even really together. They had one date and that was about it. Yeah. Which. Yeah, that is pretty wild. So it's crazy that she's going to this, this extent, but I don't know. I guess it just goes to show the level of the story, you know, they said it, they said it, there was sparks. Yeah. (laughs) I I love that running joke. (laughs) Sparks are real. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love. It. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. Um, but there was a whole. Um, so the next whole scene is basically revolving around uh, Lucas Lee and his whole. Well, oh, we we forgot about um, Gideon because Gideon's backstory well, subplot happens here very briefly. Oh yeah, when you find out that his real name is Gordon Goose, that he's Gordon from Goose. That you know, that was a fan theory for years that Gideon wasn't his real name and that he was actually he hiding his real identity. So that was an interesting like play that they came yeah. up with. I know that he was just like a total geek in high school, and everyone made fun of him and shit. Yeah, the 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 subplot with him and Julie was a little out of nowhere, but but sure, why not? They're a good couple, though. I mean, shit. <laughs> I mean, they're both evil, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um. That'll come back later, but um, following that is like we get the whole like Lucas Lee arc with like the well. Well, first we got to talk about Young Neil. We have to talk about Young Neil for a minute. Oh yeah, the sleep paralysis demons. <laughs> uh, speaking of actors that fucking stole the show, uh, Johnny Simmons like fucking nails his part in this entire series. Yeah, it made him like so much more dumb in this series, but it was great. I mean, he was pretty dumb in the books as well, but I-, I love how he's basically just like. I'm writing a screenplay. <laughs> I wrote nothing. No. Um, so then sleep paralysis demon. He wakes up and he finds his entire screenplay written. He's like, I must be a writing genius. <laughs> There's the, the money was riding around the golf cart. He's like, in America, these are called Mario Karts. <laughs> and then she's like, I don't think that's true. Considering I'm from America. Right. Oh, then in Japan. <laughs> He just wanted to drive the golf cart. That's really all he cared about. Yeah. That is funny, though, because the whole joke is that she's trying to find Lucas Lee, who's um, he's filming a film, but he, apparently he's becoming unhirable because he's the jock dude bro attitude doesn't work anymore. Right. Um, And so she goes to the movie set and I love when she opens his, his trailer and he's dressed as Scott and she just goes, what? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite running jokes in the series is w- how he and and um, Todd later on, you know, oh, we need to talk about Scott Pilgrim. Well, I'm Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, yeah, and it's funny how like he, he gets into this whole fight with the paparazzi at one point, and they go through this whole like fight scene arc thing. Also, Walt Wallace literally gets the guy playing him fired because he's just a better actor. At yeah, he's just, he's just heckling him in the background. He's like, hey, you suck. And he's like, he's the guy's like, who are you to criticize me? Oh, I'm Wallace Wells. He's just method, eh? 
Yeah. I also love that the director's name is Howard Howard Wrong. No, no, not Howard Wrong. Uh shit. I just I just had a brain melt for a minute there. Edgar Wrong. Edgar Wrong is a parody of Edgar Wright. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Who who played the director? Because I know that I think he was in like uh Lilo and Stitch or something. Uh so the director, Edgar Kevin McDonald, who is um he was Pastor Dave in that 70s show. That's right. That's and right. And he was um Oh, he was Pleakley in Lilo and Stitch. That's funny. Yeah, the one-eyed one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I knew that's, I recognized his voice. That's yeah, I know. I, I noticed it too, but I didn't make that connection. That's funny. Yeah, he hams it up the entire time, which is pretty funny. That's pretty classic him. But there's like a whole like subplot of like just like the paparazzi shows up and they're like fighting off the paparazzi and eventually Lucas Lee decides, you know what? I'm done with this. I can't get the job. My, my agent fired me anyways. And mm. he escapes the studio in Ramona's bag, which is funny. Yeah. Also, and Ramona have... has like, all right. Oh, now you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love that whole bit at the beginning of that episode where, um, where he's skating around with the, the whatever song going on. Yeah. <laughs> There's some interesting um, music in this that's like uh, actual songs. Oh yeah, the the soundtrack is a bop. Like, yeah, because there's like a the the Dead Kennedy song that plays during like his skateboarding scene is great. Mm-hmm. Like the fight during the fight scene, and I love right at the end when after him and Ramona like make up and like get their closure, he's like immediately walking like now as a an unemployed guy. And this kid like comes up like on his skateboard. You think it's gonna be this heartfelt moment, and then he just punches the kid away and steals the skateboard, <laughs> <laughs> and just goes off. That's awesome. Because it's then implied that Todd showed up to take his place as an actor. Yeah. And uh, the n- next episode is probably the most bizarre because this entire episode is basically a suit one of those like pseudo documentary things. Yeah, I which I thought was really really good for um for this particular episode. Like I thought I thought it worked really well. You know what my favorite part was that like completely I didn't realize it until I saw the credits. You know What's who voiced you know who voiced the documentary narrator? No. It was Weird Al. Was it really? <laughs> it was weird because I saw the credits, I'm like, Weird Al was in this? Like who was Weird Al? That's how I looked it up and I'm like, he was the narrator the entire time. Oh, and uh, Finn Wolfhard played um, young, young Scott, Scott for like the two lines that young Scott had in the whole thing. Yeah, during the flashback with Kim. Yeah, which and I thought was, was funny. He's like, oh, he went, went through the trouble to get him for two lines. Well, apparently he was a massive Scott Pilgrim fan as a kid, so. That makes sense. Well, I mean, he's still kind of a kid, but um, yeah, that was neat. Um, yeah, but this whole entire the entire documentary scene is hilarious because uh, Kieran Culkin steals this entire episode. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there's an entire like running joke where so now they have Todd Ingram playing Scott and Envy Adams playing Ramona and Ramona's playing her stunt double. Which is freaking hilarious. And I love that they shift the, the whole stunt double battle over to over to this section rather than with just doing it again with Chris Evans. Yeah, which was pretty funny. Um, but they they run into this issue of like they can't film a scene because Envy and Todd just keep making out every five minutes. Yeah. So then Wallace is like, 
hey, whatever you have me change it a little like this. And they don't tell you what's going to happen. And then immediately it cuts and he's like, all right, now Scott, kiss Wallace. And it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> and it's like immediately sparks start flying from Todd's eyes. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, they are going in a very different direction here. Oh, yeah. And then it becomes this entire running joke. And um, I love the interview sex- sh- uh, sections, too, because like the interview is like narrating them all. And when he's interviewing um, Ramona, Ramona's like, oh, I just snuck in here to find out what happened with my uh, to, to interrogate my ex-boyfriend to find out if my uh, the guy I was seeing got kidnapped by vegan powers. And then she <laughs> walks off and it just cuts to the narrator going, what? <laughs> like, yeah, a whole fun. bunch. I love the fact, too, that once uh, once uh, Envy finds out what's going on with Todd, she literally goes to fight Wallace and she's like, you broke my boyfriend. <laughs> it was too um, funny. And the entire thing just like goes to shit so fast. And like, and then it literally ends with like um, Ma- Matthew Patel basically shows up and just shuts the entire thing down. He's like, you're all fired. Yeah. <laughs> Get lost. It's like this, this, this movie is slander and I don't like it. And so I'm shutting it down. And then he cuts to the narrator filming the documentary. He's like, what are you doing? Filming some of these, one of these documentary things. And he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, no, we can't have that. And he just fucking kills him right there. <laughs> but there is a nice plot of, um, uh, knives and, uh, so there's a subplot with knives and Steven stills. They're writing show tunes now. Mm-hmm. Cause don't you know, bread makes you fat. Yeah. And they actually get a, uh, a, a brief interview with Matthew Patel to, p- to propose a uh, an idea that they have, which is which is an interesting little subplot that's going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Now, I forget what happens next. It's um, um, let's see. I think this is the part where Ramona. Uh, well, actually, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, right. We, Lucas, we Lee, the- Lucas Lee and- goes to Gideon's house. Or rather, yep. Julie's house, and they have their whole like cheesy montage together. I, I uh, love that scene. Yeah, I love how much of a goober Gideon is in this show. Like, yeah, how he, he complete the um uh, the actor that plays him, uh, who does a fucking phenomenal job, by the way. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Jason Schwartzman. Mm-hmm. Um, he fucking steals the show during this whole thing. But like, it cuts. It start that episode's great because it starts off with the we get this cut of Gideon and he's literally just watching anime. Yeah. Like with the most stereotypical, like high school rom-com anime going on in the background. Yeah. High school girl running to school with a piece of bread in her mouth, bumps into a dude. They start yelling at each other in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that one, that was, it was funny. I love it though. Cause like he brings Lucas Lee over and he's like, do you want to be friends? <laughs> yeah. And then they just start destroying Julie's house, doing all these fucking stupid things. Yeah, and then she comes back and she's like, I've been gone for an hour and a half. You're like, holy shit, that was an hour and a half. Yeah, she's like, I've been gone for an hour and a half. What did you do to my house? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because then we cut to the whole Ramona and uh, Julie scene because there's more theories. Basically, the next two... uh, the next two like suspects are Julie and Gideon. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's like immediately basically shut down that she's like, yeah, it wasn't us. 
Yeah, she's we, like, I, she's like, I wish it was us. This is boring as shit. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, the whole joke. She's like, what do you see in Gideon? And he's, she's like, oh, he's so hot when he plans. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he's such a loser otherwise. Yeah. So basically, by the end of the whole like her interrogating them, she comes to the conclusion like, oh, it must be the twins because the robot's been everywhere. Yeah, because they, they keep seeing that robot, and I love the reveal of why the robot's been everywhere later on, yeah. by the way. Yeah, for real. Because then we cut to... um, Everything's starting to come together now. They realize, like, the robot was... The twins and the robot did something. Um, They saw the... Uh, the they found the metadata on the, the file of the... Uh, the script was written, like, at a time that should have been possible. Yeah, it was like, what, like 12 years or 14 years in the future or something like that? Yeah, like it was some crazy thing that was just impossible. And then, of course, the episode ends with the big reveal that Scott opens the door and he's like, I'm back. Yeah. I, <laughs> love, like, I love young Neil's line. It's just like, this is my favorite part of every Who Did It, where we find out who did it. Yeah, and then Scott's <laughs> like, it was me. <laughs> and it just ends there. Yeah. Because then the next episode is literally the only real episode that focuses solely on Scott. Yeah, but we get double the Scott, which is kind of cool. Yeah, we get Scott and Old Scott. Who who played Old Scott? So Old Scott was played by... I know that voice because that voice is very familiar. He was voiced by... Will Forte. Will Forte, that sounds familiar. I need to see uh, he, his he was on Saturday Night Live from 2002 to 2010. Um, he was on the sitcom Last Man on Earth. Oh, he created Last Man on Earth. That was oh, his big okay. Uh, okay. He was a he was a producer for Third Rock from the Sun, that '70s show. I gotcha. All right. He's done stuff <laughs> essentially. He's been around. But yeah, he plays Old Scott. And the future, Toronto, is weird because it looks both post-apocalyptic and futuristic at the same time. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to say, I love the VR room. I, I was just like, it's just a, a, vir- it's a virtual boy. <laughs> it's just a fucking virtual boy. <laughs> and they, all the little flashbacks like that he, he sees him in Ramona's life, and they're all like done virtual boy style. It's like the red and black. It's super funny. I love Scott's reaction, dude, too. He's like, he's like, oh, that's nice. He's like, oh, we get married. He's like, oh, in the honeymoon in Disney or whatever it was. And he's like, he's like, oh, what's this scene? He's like, oh, that that's not supposed to be. And that was added. I, I was supposed to take that out. And then it just got to the <laughs> final phase, final scene, which is just divorce. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, geez. Yeah, and it's basically it's revealed that the whole thing is like old Scott, like uh, did some timey-wimey stuff to try to prevent Scott and Ramona from dating because he's all butthurt about being separated from her. Yeah, which we find out isn't even what happened, but we'll get to that. Um, My favorite part, too, is, like, the whole fact that, like, it's kind of in a meta sense, like, this universe we're seeing is, like, the comic universe in the future. Yeah. And it's been, basically, they're kind of writing that out now for uh, this new universe that they've created. It's really interesting. I also like that he just hangs out with the twins because they just respond for whatever reason. Yeah, that fucking hurricane song they did together. 
Yeah, that was. I love the songs in this because they're all so bad but great. For real, I, I don't know. It's just so much. So much of like the soundtrack just I vibed with, and I that that particular scene was hysterical. So one of the few actors who did not repri- reprise their um, roles for this film was actually uh, the twins. Uh, uh, because their actors in the movie were native Japanese speakers and they didn't speak English. Well, that explains why they didn't have any speaking lines. Yeah. And they, um, so they, they got one actor to do them for the anime. Apparently Ryan Lee O'Malley tried really hard to get both of them back for the Japanese dub, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if that actually happened or not, but, um, I like the fact that they're just chilling and making music now, and Scott's just a bum at this point with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, Walt, and Wallace is married to a man from Nintendo. And Scott still lives with him. Yeah. <laughs> I love the lot. I like, I like the joke. Actually, this goes back to like the Ramona when uh, Scott gets the DVD from her, and Scott explains that, oh, I just live with uh, my gay roommate, and he gives me uh, allowance every now and then. She's like, so it's like a sugar daddy kind of thing. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> sugar what? <laughs> yeah. And then we cut to uh, later on where like Wallace reveals that the house isn't actually owned by either of them. And he's like, oh, it's a sugar daddy kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> like, it's like Wallace's husband works for Nintendo. And Scott's like, does that mean he gets all the games free? And he's like, that's not how it actually works. And he's like, no, that's totally how it works. <laughs> Just some goofy, uh, goofy shit. And then, of course, the virtual boy room. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite references, just because it's like, I want, they had to. So it's, it's like, it's, the name is different. It's like virtual guy or something. Yeah. Uh, that must have been to get around Nintendo's trademarks, because I, I doubt they paid Nintendo for that. But they also name drop Nintendo in this, in the same episode. That's true. I'll have to read into that, because I'm not actually sure now. <laughs> um, yeah. A little weird, but then of course it cuts to uh, basically Scott's not going to let him go back because his whole thing is like, no, I can't risk the future. <laughs> I yeah, did this on purpose. Your life is going to get ruined, and it's like blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut to future Ramona, who uh, my I love the running joke that future Ramona like just says age, mm-hmm. don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> um. And we find future Ramona, and she's voiced by... Uh, what's interesting is they gave Scott a different voice, but Ramona has the same voice. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I guess it it works for the character, though. Because she had a more mature-sounding voice anyways. Yeah, I mean, the show... The show definitely puts more of a focus on Ramona anyway, so... Hmm. I like how she uh, basically explains that he was basically just being himself, and like they, they didn't actually split up. He was just... She needed some space... <laughs> And he went all fucking melodramatic over it. And that's why yeah. this whole thing happened. Well, yeah, because it was another thing like he was trying to explain to to regular Scott about like how bad it was. He's like, remember when we broke up with Envy? He's like, this is like 10 times worse than that. Yeah. But really, it was just him being dramatic. Yeah, because that's just who Scott is. Um, Which is actually interesting because I think it means this version of Scott has actually grown more than the comic one at this point. Yeah. But um, so they go through this whole thing and basically Ramona explains her plot where she was the one that went back in time and left the novel at um, young Neil's computer because she wanted to make sure this universe at least survived somehow. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but she had to dumb it down for Scott <laughs> so that he would be able to understand it. So she condensed it into the movie, which I'm, I'm assuming is supposed to be a reference to the movie that came out in 2010. That that was the theory I had. I'm not sure, but that would be a, an awesome reference. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then it's revealed that she basically explained that whole thing, and then she decides, all right, let's bring you back. And Scott's like, you have a time machine too? And she's like, yeah. Pulls out these rollers. She's like, I made them out of an old DeLorean. <laughs> I was like, that's a great, great line. I love that she brings back the, I don't know what that is in kilometers joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Canada, eh? Um, but then they go back in time, and that's it, it cuts back to Scott being at the, um, right where they Scott came back, and then they kind of explain everything that's going on, and then you get the cute scene of, like, older Ramona, like, basically he's like, yeah, I'm still here. I was going to leave, but I kind of wanted to see everybody. Yeah, and they, they, they uh, take pictures together. Yeah, I like how she's like all like goofy in the first two, and then she tries to be serious after. <laughs> yeah, but then she goes away, and then Scott and Ramona immediately are in love, and I was like, okay, that was quick. <laughs> it's like they didn't really have much development, but whatever. True, because destiny said so. Pretty much. Well, I mean, Scott already is is already like full in because he's like, oh, we get married, this and that, and he even I assumed did. that it was him who fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, and I assume I assume that uh, Ramona just at this point's like because of how much time she's put into this, she just kind of gives in. But yeah, then it, they it's revealed that they have like an anti kissing curse on them now. Yeah, so they they can't end the in the canon way with the kiss. Yeah, so they they immediately think it must have been one of the evil exes, which they then go to knives in a uh, Stevens uh play. Mm-hmm. That they have going on because all the exes are going to be there and i love how like they when they're all like showing up at the party they're all like completely in different places now mm-hmm. like uh todd shows up and he's just eating chicken it's like not a vegan anymore yeah i love the whole scene with him and the the, the butter with the popcorn that legit made me sick <laughs> looking at <laughs> for real and then scott yeah. attacks him and he's like you owe me to a butter i mean popcorn <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I love how like he runs into all the exes and they're all like, "No, we didn't do anything, Scott. Go away." My favorite one is the twins. He's like, "We were told by the robot that we're cool in the future, so hi." <laughs> and then they yeah. just walk off. For real, it's like, it's like okay. And even oh, Gideon, I... oh god, Gideon's like, he's like Scott, Scott. It's like I have no reason to be mad at you anymore. Like I'm with uh, Jules now, and it's like so we can be friends. <laughs> and he just walks <laughs> off. Also, I'm mad at Matthew Patel. <laughs> Yeah, and Matthew Bittell just like blows off. He's like, "I don't have time for you right now. Go away." Yeah, it's my big, my big night. And also, this is where we find out that uh, Gideon has the entire, well, uh, Gordon has the entire stage rig to blow up after uh, Patel's performance. Which I thought was really funny too, like a really funny follow up to earlier because when when he and Julie were having their whole uh, spiel after he destroyed her house. He was like, oh, what if I told you that I've actually been plotting a secret plot to get back at the, you know, the dude who did all this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, so that plot that you're plotting the whole time was just blow him up with dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's what you came up with. <laughs> He's not the, he was distracted by the horny. <laughs> that's what happened so. there. Um, I actually really did like the perform the stage performance though. I thought that was pretty an entertaining, like, uh, spin on the uh the events of the original series yeah 
that and like just all the uh all of the uh the uh exes and stuff are all sitting up in the banisters with the characters and the whole time they're like oh hey scott mm. and they're like are you guys gonna kiss <laughs> and it's like nope Oh, I love the the whole bit with um when they were doing all the red carpet like interviews and stuff, and they go up to Stacy and they're like, "It's just like, oh yeah, Scott Pilgrim was my brother. Oh, he's alive. Well, I guess I say should say he is my brother." Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of the only main major lines she has, and it's such a goofy line. Yeah, but then we get the next twist in this entire series, which I still think it was is I didn't see coming, but was also epic, where they get kidnapped again. Mm-hmm. And they all end up on this weird like asteroid, and yeah, it's they like to fight even older Scott. Yeah, it's like even older Scott, and Scott's all, it's like what? And he's I like, he's like he's like not even fifty, and he's all white, like his hair is yeah, <laughs> like because he spent all that time training in solitude for ten years, and just becomes this fucking monster, right? And I love I love the meta thing where it's like the ending, it's like. Even older Scott versus everyone. Yeah, and like I, the, I love the whole idea of like Scott is now the eighth evil X. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> and he has to fight all the other evil X's plus like the main cast members. Yeah, and that goes on for a while. Like you get a whole bunch of crazy like e- evil Scott is like OP like at this point. Oh yeah, it's like he's but got then, like vegan powers times ten. Yeah, but then uh. So she's just called Ramona. Like they don't actually give her a, a name, but the fan fans just call her even older Ramona. Also, mm. don't ask her age. Um, <laughs> and she shows up, and she's like, "What the hell? Like you've disappeared for ten years. <laughs> like what is wrong with you?" She's like, "It just needed space. He freaked out for no reason." Yeah. He's like, "Well, can we get back together then?" She's like, "No. <laughs> like not after that." <laughs> and it's like then it's like. We get this whole like meta thing where Ramona's like goes through like how she runs away from everything she loves, hmm. and she finally made the point where she's like, "I'm I'm not running away anymore. I'm gonna choose you." And she, she goes and hugs older Ramona, and they they merge into Super Ramona, like from <laughs> Sonic, <laughs> Sonic Two. I mean three. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a really good joke. Yeah, and then she basically just sends uh, even older Scott away because she's like, she's like, all right. I can fix this mess eventually, or I can pre- prevent it from happening ever. Hmm. And they basically like go their separate ways. And Scott basically is like, they basically like, how do I say it? Uh, basically, she uh, basically finally realizes the feelings for Scott. And then they finally break the anti kiss curse. Yeah. I guess, which they um, get back to the movie theater. And then it's like finally everything's back to normal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and all the, the uh, all the demon chicks had yeah, disarmed the, the bombs and stuff. The, de- the demon hipster chicks, as yeah. they're called in the man- manual. Um, yeah, they've defused the bombs, and then like literally they're up on stage, and like the whole time, like Matt's like, "You were gonna blow up the stage, Gideon? Like, what the hell, man?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you ruined my life." And he's like, "He's like, you know what? Do you, do you want your stuff back? Because like this sucks." Yep. He's like, "I just want the stage play." He's like. Fine, the deal is done, and then just immediately, <laughs> like nothing happened. 
Also, I loved all the rich asshole jokes throughout. Like, um, yeah. like first when, when when Gideon's like, "Oh, my billionaire friends abandoned me. Even my millionaire friends won't talk to me." And then, like later on, when Lucas Lee is like, "I'm totally broke. I can't even afford a first class flight." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love stuff like that. Also, the uh, his running joke about how he's like, "I have my my." businesses my record label my movie studio my seven orphanages and it's like yeah my 14 animal shelters shelters <laughs> all stuff like that uh, but then we cut to the uh you kind of get like all these like flash reveals of like what everybody's doing now like all the characters have essentially been reformed in a way like um well at first it cuts to like sex bombs playing again but now uh they have knives on keyboard which because really she, adds something to their band too. I I like the sound a lot. I wish it was a real band. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like because it's like wow, they we sound pretty good now. They're like it's all all probably because of knives. Mm. But then her and Stills like immediately go because they're like, oh, we got a gig, and then they run off. And um, you kind of get a flash forward around to all the different characters. Like you see, like you see what St- Stills and uh, Knives are doing. They're actually writing songs for Envy now because she's a solo act. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Todd is training to be a vegan again with uh, Roxy. It's like all sorts of stuff. Gideon and uh, Julie are now preparing some evil plot. But, Which like uh, kind of made it seem like, you know, they're, they're building up to like a, a, like a, a follow-up. But the creator said he didn't have any intention of making more. So like, I got to wonder what that's about. Well, the creator, Brian Lee O'Malley said he's open to do more, but he has, there's no plans as of now. Okay. Uh, oh, Lucas Lee works at the coffee shop now, which is funny. Yeah, he's the, the superstar and, barista. And Stacy's like, yeah, he's kind of annoying, but I get to stare at his butt all day, so that's cool, I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> um, get that. I forget. Who, what, what, who am I forgetting? Oh, Wallace goes to France. Oh, yeah, and he meets uh, uh, Mobile. I'm assuming, I'm assuming Nintendo guy. That's, that's Mobile. He's from the uh, comics. That was his boyfriend in the comics. Oh, okay. I think it's implied that he's the Nintendo guy as well. All right. Makes sense. Um, yeah, there's them and then Scott and Ramona are together now officially. And they're kind of, it's it's kind of ends off on like, this is a new universe now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like everybody's way better off than before. Yeah. It's like everyone just has a redemption arc pretty mm-hmm. much. And I love how in, in the future, when Scott first meets older Scott, um, how he he's explaining how he and the twins like became cool. He's just like, oh yeah, well after I after I killed them and they respawned at their house, I'm just like, oh okay, so all all the all the evil exes just respawn afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. just like a really casual reveal. Like, oh no, none of them are actually dead. They all back at home. <laughs> I also like the little joke where like they kept the thing from the games where whenever someone gets defeated, they just turn into change and like the the counter above them. Uh starts ticking upward with how much money they got yeah because the scene where matthew patel's killing all the people at the movie studio you just see his like change counters going up slightly the entire time Mm -hmm. i thought that was funny um oh yeah we also see that uh no account video closed down permanently which was inevitable i'm honestly like it was so hard to pin down like when everything was taking place because they would have things like VHS tapes and uh, video rental stores and stuff, but then they also referenced Detective Pikachu and like later stuff. Yeah, though. So it's supposed to be like mid two thousands because like the Netflix DVD stuff, but I don't know. <laughs> it's unclear. 
yeah it's it's pretty funny though it's tur it's toronto it's just a different world planet <laughs> up there yeah <laughs> but overall though like what do you think of, of of the entire series i i mean i liked it enough to watch it three times in a month so I, it was definitely it was definitely worth it it hooked me from the second it started Mm-hmm. Like literally the second Scott died in the first episode, I was like, I need to know what happens next. <laughs> like, yeah, this entire thing is just completely a different series now. It's a very bingeable show. Mm. Yeah, it's super quick. Eight episodes you finish in literally like five hours, I think. And like, like I said before, the so- the soundtrack is a banger. Yeah, they got um. They got uh, Anna Gucci back from um, the guys who did the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they contributed to the soundtrack. Uh, there was another guy who contributed to it as well. Oh, and I love um, in the ending credits of the last episode how they did like this Scott Pilgrimified Mortal Kombat theme. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, there was just a whole bunch of like meta jokes, like. So much meta humor. I love the animation too. Like it looks so spot on to the comics, but also like different enough to stand on its own. Like I wish we had like a like a one to one adaptation of the comics with this animation style. Like because it just looks so good and it, it flows so well. Mm. That would be cool. I do appreciate them though trying something different because I feel like we've seen the comics so many times now. I, it, an adaption would have been good, but like I like that they tried something different. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not saying I would have preferred that over this. I, I'm just saying, like as like an extra thing, would have been cool. Mm. I love too that they gave all the actors a chance to actually do more, like with their roles, other than Stacy. But that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, it feels like most most of the characters that didn't get much in the movie got a lot more to do in the show. They also did some great like character fixing for like scott like uh when he comes back and like he has the little uh they he patches things up with knives and he basically makes the point he's like you know i probably shouldn't have dated you ever to begin with like that mm. was dumb and i'm sorry i led you on kind of thing yeah and then like and then she thanks him for dying <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it revealed her actual calling in life yeah i love that she's a part of the band at the end and they're just like all like a a fun little crew well i i love how it's a contrast to the ending of the comic too where because in the the comics uh sex bomb is completely disbanded like by volume five i want to say mm-hmm. or the beginning of volume six and um by the end of it scott and kim have a new band called scatter band and they're just it's scott on guitar and kim on drums and they just suck <laughs> they're, they're really bad and uh, I think they all comment how, like, yeah, they're, they're pretty bad overall, like, but at least they're happy. Yeah. Get but then uh, I like the ending of this one where it's like, hey, Sexobump's actually not bad now. Yeah, right. Like, it's a nice twist on it. I love how it ends out on the song that they started up on. Yeah. I also love the, like, the, the, the meta joke where, like, they play the song the first time and they're like, you guys want to play it again? <laughs> Implying that they don't have another song to play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is the whole, but this the humor of Scott Pilgrim. You either you get it or you don't, but it's just such a it's such a charming thing overall. Yeah, the, 
like I said in our first Scott Pilgrim episode, like this the, the the humor and the comedy and like the dryness of a lot of the Scott Pilgrim stuff just it 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 hits me in a way that a lot of other stuff doesn't. Hmm. No, the whole thing was like like li- literally I was like glued to the screen from like start to finish. Like mm-hmm. it grabbed me that quick and like honestly, like I was kind of bummed when it was over because I was like, damn, that was like too quick. Yeah, I, I agree. But at the same time, it, it, it's it's kind of a good thing because, you know, we've all had those shows that have that really strong start and then they peter out and just never end. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, like, sometimes it feels like you'd like a longer show, but then it, like, ends up – it ends up just losing steam, like, halfway, in, like, halfway through. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, a shorter show, you feel like, ends too quickly, but it's just so good from beginning to end. Yeah. I think that's kind of like one of these moments because th- there was just so much subtle, like subtle things like left all over the place with this. For sure. There's a lot of like, like little hidden jokes and stuff throughout too. Like how like Ramona becomes a stunt girl at the end of um this, the show. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, young Neil's just driving around in his golf cart. Yeah. Doing what he loves. <laughs> Which is great. He didn't get. He didn't get to graduate to be regular Neil, though. Yeah, that was the one downside that we didn't get. We didn't get just Neil ever. <laughs> to be fair, though, he's so. Despite having a pretty big part in this entire series, he's so like another car. Uh, he's very like unimportant <laughs> to the actual plot overall. Well, he wrote the memoir that became the screenplay. He. Old old young Neil wrote the memoir and then Ramona adapted it into the screenplay. True. (laughs) Very old young Neil, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) What a name. It's just like a lot of that stupid, those kinds of stupid jokes that just are perfect. I love too, like the robot, like throughout the entire. I love that they made the robot from the game, like who's just like a one off boss in the game. Like they made it actually a. uh, a full-on developed character in this. Mm. And I, I love how, like, everyone treats him like garbage, and then Scott's, like, the first person that's nice to him, and he immediately becomes, like, buddies with Scott. Right. And it's implied, like, that he's using the robot to actually, like, spy on all of them in the future. Yeah, I love when he first, like, starts spying through it, and then he's just, he's like, just running into the wall, like, it's a video game. The video game thing where he's, like, running in place, and all the people are just looking at it like, what? <laughs> Also, I like how the the, the, the robot's a vegan because it's never had meat. It's like, yeah, I guess, technically. <laughs> oh, I guess in that in that sense, all robots are vegans. They're super vegans. Yeah. They can do super vegan portals. It's never had meat or dairy ever. Yeah. <laughs> also, the sparks are spark uh sparks are real at the end when Wallace meets uh mobile. Hey, right, we didn't even talk about uh Tom and Wallace's fling. Oh, Todd, Todd and Wallace is, yeah. Yeah. That that entire, like, joke that ran for way too long, but was great. Yeah, right. Let's go run lads in your trailer. <laughs> Let's go do something in your trailer. And it's like, then they're like, he's like, yeah, this is where we made out on the couch. And then over here we did. It's like, we don't need to know Todd. <laughs> this is the first place I made out with Wallace. <laughs> this is the second place I made out with Wallace. Yeah. It was like, we don't need to know Todd. Yeah, I'd rather not know, personally. It's too fun. I love that they brought back the P bar. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh, oh also, um, 
Also, Todd's uh, delayed gasp. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever they have the gasp scream. Yeah. This is so much. It shouldn't be this funny, but it just is. It's just like this kind of like dumb casual humor. It's, it's just perfect. Yeah, and technically, you don't have to read the comics to watch the show because the show's kind of standalone. I mean, if anything. I'd say watch the movie and then watch the show, mm. especially because of all the same actors and stuff. But I mean, you really don't need to. Yeah, it stands on its own pretty well. And I think that's its strongest point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Honestly, though, other than that, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Any other things you wanted to shout out before we wrap this up? Or, um, Well, I was actually... Uh, just on a on a whim, I looked up uh, the soundtrack on Amazon. You can actually, I think it was released in April, but you can pre-order the the soundtrack on vinyl for thirty dollars. Oh, that's pretty cool. Because I know you can get the game soundtrack as well. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I, actually um, it actually has a lot of the songs on it too. And I, I was looking at like the the rankings. It's right now. It's the number one soundtrack on on uh amazon and it's number 35 i think for cds and vinyls in general hmm. it is on so, Spotify. it's on spotify as well too which is pretty cool yeah so i i might have to might have to dump the 30 bucks into it to pre-order because I, I like collecting records and that's it's the scott pilgrim i, I want to get one for the movie and the show because i love the soundtrack on both yeah now they did a great job overall mm-hmm. but yeah i think other than that, though, I uh, highly recommend it. I gave it a, I think on any list, I gave it like an 85 out of 100. Mm-hmm. That's a solid bump, rating. It's. I might bump that up to 90, honestly. I mean, I definitely wouldn't put it any lower. Yeah, because it really, I'm trying to think of flaws, and it really doesn't have any major flaws other than like it's kind of just a niche thing <laughs> if anything it fixes a lot of the flaws from like the pre-existing flaws from the comics and the movie yeah um i guess the only real flaw is that it kind of it was kind of a bait and switch but even then that's not really a flaw more just a preference thing tempering expectations yeah which I, is a I, good thing <laughs> i mean you, you go into it and you're like oh i thought they were going to do something different when you're watching the first episode and then when it ends you're like Oh, okay. So this is going to be very different. Yeah. Like extremely different. What? But it works really well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, other than that, though, I think that was a good episode. It's probably our shortest one we've done <laughs> so far. If not, it's definitely close. Mm. Yeah. No, but we had said that from the start. I mean, this was mostly just a following up on the previous thing anyways because we said we would so i mean if we had done what we originally said and, and watched and had it like prepared for the previous episode and you know that one probably would have been like two and a half hours so <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> yes but yeah this was good um it's funny how we're talking about the end of the year but i'm pretty sure this is going to be the second episode into the next year i'm pretty sure yeah, because I think Pokemon is going to be coming out like like the, the day after New Year's. 
Yeah, I believe so. Oh, well, it's most podcasts are recorded in advance, so that's fine. Yeah, we got to have a little bit of bumper just in case. You never know. Yeah. But, all right. So, anyways, guys, once again, thanks for joining us on Geek Addicts. Uh, you can find Geek Addicts in the GNC podcast feed on all your major podcasting platforms. Um, if you're looking for our links, you can find them at linktree slash the barber who games. And if you'd like, you can join the GNC podcast network discord server where you can uh, find all things gaming and collecting the 3DO experience or geek addicts. And you can talk general nonsense, anime, gaming, whatever. Um, and with that, guys, we will see you all later. Have a good one.